0: Total Wine and More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.
1: The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be
0: sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Hey, everybody, it is TJ DeSantis. And again, You you hear my voice, and it's not the dulcet tones of Bruce Buffer, and you think, damn it, I clicked on the wrong podcast. Uh, It's the holiday season. Yeah, we're still kind of recovering, especially off the heels of a crazy, nuts, bizarre, in a roundabout way, but pretty great UFC 232 card, which took place last Saturday night in the forum here in Los Angeles. But uh, Buffer finally getting some R&R for the next uh, couple weeks here, so we're dipping into the archive and... You know, we we have almost 400 episodes over the last 10 years, and uh, I, I'd like to you know, take the opportunity to dip into the archive, and you know have have some stuff sort of replayed for people that have been on this uh, bandwagon for a while, but also. Uh, what did NBC say back in the day? If you have Toyota's Labor Day sales event is ending soon. Save big with zero percent APR on thirteen of Toyota's top-selling models like Rav4, Camry, and Corolla. Don't wait! Toyota's Labor Day sales event ends Monday. Toyota, let's go places. Click the banner or visit buyatoyota dot com. Haven't seen it? It's new to you. Well, you might not have heard this one. Maybe it's new to you. This week on the It's Time podcast, we dip into the archive, and play an interview we did in July of 2013 with Robert Herjavec from ABC's Shark Tank. Uh, Buffer, the uh, always entrepreneurial-minded uh, Mr. Bruce Buffer, chats with an entrepreneur and uh, capital I- investor um, in Robert Herjavec. And uh, I-, I like these kinds of shows. We, we learn more about uh, you know the side of, of Bruce that isn't all Fight business, and, uh, you know, we get to pick the minds of uh, great entrepreneurial-minded uh, people like Robert Herjavec. So uh, sit back, relax, enjoy this interview. Uh, again, from July 2013 with ABC's Shark Tank's Robert Herjavec here on It's Time Radio. We've talked about it time and time again, but at this point, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't even think we need to say it, but we might as well If you're going to bet the games this weekend or fights or really any sport, all of our listeners should be doing it one place. And that's my book.
2: I agree because, you know, the important thing is it's not what team or sport you're betting on that's important. It's even more important to know who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. And trust me, they are the best bet this season for your choices. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is really easy to use. So I would only recommend a service like this to my listeners, and the reason why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie is because if you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player per- perks in the business, and for guys out there that love betting on fantasy, fantasy sports, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. They have all these special things on their site. So basically, join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code BUFFER to activate the offer. That's BUFFER, all in capitals, B-U-F-F-E-R. Visit my Bookie online today. Again, that's MyBookie. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot com. And don't forget to use the promo code BUFFER in capitals when creating your account to claim your bonus.
0: And like we always say, if you
2: play and you win... You get paid. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, straight from Toronto, Canada. The shark himself, Robert Herjavec. Robert, how are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Wow, I feel like you're going fighting somebody, Bruce, after that intro.
2: Well, you know, I could have even put on a little more. I'd like to see you put up those hands and throw some punches, but are you as wonderful as Mr. Wonderful, or are you as wonderful as Robert Herjavec?
1: No one's as wonderful as Mr. Wonderful.
2: Uh, In his his mind.
1: In his mind. (laughs) You know, it's funny, a couple of years ago I said to him, who calls you Mr. Wonderful? And he goes, well, you just did.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I had the pleasure, TJ. Robert invited me to watch the show. They were down here filming a couple weeks ago in L.A. And I thought, you know, I know Mark Cuban. I certainly know my my friend and partner, Damon John. Right. Robert Robert and I have had the pleasure of getting to know each other uh, over the last few months because he's a huge UFC fan, attends the UFCs. And again, Robert, thank you for the dinner invitation up in Winnipeg. That was very enjoyable. I appreciate that very, very much. That was a great um, event, Bruce. That was a great event. And we're going to get into your love of the UFC after we go into a few more questions here. But i got to tell you, the guy that I was most surprised about, obviously because I hadn't met him, and I met the, uh, the QVC uh, gal, there's two of them, um, I forget her name, the one that was there. Lori. Lori, uh, very nice, amazed. I thought Lori was going to get up, she was going to be about 5'8". She got up and she was about 5 feet tall. It was, it was very cute. But Mr. Wonderful, he's definitely got a wonderful feeling about himself. I, he was very nice to me, very interesting. We're going to try and have him on the show. Um, but Robert, i got to ask you, with these other hosts that you work with, and T.J. paid you a huge compliment before you came on the show. He he says that you are, in essence, we're both saying, watching the show, before I even met you, I felt this way. And even with my partner, Damon John is a great guy and a huge heart. But Robert, you're the nicest guy on the panel. You're the nicest, most, most compassionate uh shark on that panel. When those people come up, I've never seen you put a person, man or woman, to tears. I've certainly seen that happen from Mr. Wonderful. Is Do you, you really care about these people? I get a feeling whether you're investing in their business or not. Is, I mean, what are your feelings when these people come on? Do you find yourself getting emotional at times?
1: Yeah, Bruce, I appreciate you guys saying that. Thank you. I, I, I do, and, I, you know, I think it's good and bad. I mean, I never take myself out of the position of those people, you know, and I, I can never be rude to somebody else, even if they're rude to me. You know, I always remember whenever I want to be rude to another person, I always remember my mom saying to me respect everyone so i remember what it was like coming up there and uh, having nothing and trying to get ahead and i remember how scary it is so i'm okay with putting down the ideas and i'm okay with putting down the uh, business plans but i have a hard time sometimes when we go that extra mile and put the person down i don't think there's ever you know a need for that
0: and hey, let me and jump he's... in here real quick, Bruce. Uh, Robert, is there security in the room? Because if I was standing in front of Mr. Wonderful and, and Kevin said, you're dead to me, or why are you saying thank you for your time when he says I'm out? I, I just sometimes want to reach through the TV and put him in a rear naked choke.
1: Oh, my. You know, it's funny you say that because there is no security, which sometimes I think it's funny after the people come out, they're. Immediately interviewed by a psychiatrist to make sure they're okay, right? And I always say, "What about us? Because someone's (laughs) going to take a you know someone's going to take a whack at Mister Wonderful one day. I'm telling you, yeah. But it's hard, Bruce, because you know what it's like when you film TV. You're you're sitting there ten hours a day, and the days are long, and you forget it's TV, and that's why I think the show works. So I, I. simplification of who you are comes out so i don't think kevin is really you know a mean guy all the time i don't think mark's pushy all the time but you know when you sit there that long that part of it comes out
2: yeah absolutely it has to you know whether it's uh just through being tired through putting up with uh one of your cohorts positives as well as negatives you know and and i look at them and i'm wondering which one do you actually go head to head with the most i can see I, I like Mark a lot, but being the the cutthroat, you know, maverick businessman he is, it's probably hard to agree with him, but do you find him that he's the most analytical when it comes to giving, or who do you think is the most analytical aside from yourself when it comes to making these offers? Mr. Wonderful's offers always seem to fall on licensing, piece of the action till it breaks even, you know, those kind of deals. Uh, the QVC deals are quite obvious. Damon's yeah, deals I, are
1: very, I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think, I think Kevin makes offers that are... You know, he's a shark, so he makes offers that are a fantastic deal for him. Uh, I think in most cases the deal's got to work for both parties. And most of these are relatively small businesses. So for me to make a decent return, the business has got to have a lot of growth. So I'm not interested in, you know, a great deal for me. I'm interested in a great deal for the both of us. The only I'm, way I'm going to make it worth my time is if these little companies become big companies. But, you know, Mark is by far the most analytical. And um, over the last few seasons, I've, I've gotten to know him, and we've done some investments together, and he has a great team of people that work with my team of people. He's a great guy to, deal, to do deals with.
2: So with, with the deals that have been done, and you don't have to talk about your own particular deals. I'm not asking for any privy information. But you've been on the air now with Shark Tank, is it five or six years? How long has it been, seasons-wise, in America? Is,
1: we're now filming our fifth season.
2: Your fifth season, and also you did the Canadian version uh, of Shark Tank. Do you? I forget. Do you still do that? Is that still on, or you left, left them to come here?
1: That's now going into its eighth season, and I left that after season six.
2: Okay. So based on the American version of Shark Tank and all the deals that you've seen, what is the, give us a couple examples of the biggest, the two biggest deals that have really gestated and, and you know, grown into fantastic businesses. To give the people listening, the entrepreneurs that are listening, um, and will be listening as, as the show is archived, you know, about the, the beauty of going on Shark Tank. Tell us what the beauty of Shark Tank is, and give us a, like two examples of how well it did and what those companies do. Would you kindly do that?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, there, there's two real advantages of Shark Tank. The first one is, it is venture capital on steroids. I mean, it is like going into the cage in venture capital. If you can survive the shark tank, you can survive anything. The, the pressure, the intensity, the lights, everything, if you can make your way through that and have a great pitch, man, you're going to kill it in the real world. So, you know, I think in life you look for opportunities to push yourself. Because how do you know you're, you're, you're better? How do you know you're going to get to the next level unless you're willing to risk failure? And I've got to tell you, you get in front of us and you survive, you come out stronger and leaner and more confident. So Absolutely agree. That's a big advantage because I, I think a lot of business people are afraid to put themselves out there. You know, they, they, they work in their office and they say, oh, I have a great idea but they never test it. The second big advantage is you've got 8.5 million people watching that show. It is unbelievable publicity and legitimacy for your business, and it helps all across the board. You calling up Walmart and saying, hey, I got a product, I'm some guy, or you calling and saying, I just did a deal on Shark Tank, it's night and day. It's a calling card not only for the people watching and buying your product. Everybody who comes on the show website has crashed because of the number of orders they get from being on the show.
2: That's awesome. It's so awesome. Give, give us a couple examples of like two businesses, you know, that yeah, just show us some success Beno, stories.
1: For me, are, uh, there's a product that Lori did called Scrub Daddy. It was from last season, and. The guy came out, and I think he was already doing a couple million dollars in sales. In the year that Lori's been working with him, uh, they've done about $13 and they just signed a deal to get into Walmart. That's
2: huge. That's huge.
1: huge, You know, huge. And this is a product going to show again. This guy was successful and became more successful, which is an interesting thing because most people think, well, if I have a successful business, I don't need to go on Shark Tank. The only people that go on Shark Tank are the people whose businesses are in trouble. As an investor, Bruce, I don't want to invest in a business that's in trouble. I right. want to invest in a business that's doing well, that I can make even better. And so Scrub Daddy was one of those. The, the other big one for me, and uh, you know, at the risk of sounding arrogant, was my investment. We did it two years ago, and it was a product called Core Buddy. And it, it taught you how to play a guitar. It's kind of like Guitar Hero, but for a real guitar. Anyway, when the when the fellow Travis came on, he was selling two to three a day at thirty nine dollars a day. And uh, a year later, he's done four million dollars. We bought a factory in Alabama, and we now employ twenty people.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. What kind of sales is he doing now?
1: Four million, which is past four, four mi- million.
2: Wow! Wow! That's that's great. Well, now, in a business like that, I mean, are the profit margin is basically the same as normal business, around six or eight percent, you know, give or take net. Or is there certain businesses? Is you know, I'm asking a question. I I kind of have an answer for, but in that business, do you find the profit margins are higher based on keeping you keep those bottom lines low and you know costs really low and teach these people how to do so so they can be more profitable, or do you let them follow their own star because you're only a ten or twenty percent owner. I mean, do they really look to you for that kind of direction, or is it really a gamble?
1: They do, and those are all great points. You know, it's interesting. Most people are pretty good at the amount of money they make when the business is small. Where things fall apart is as they scale. So you've got a guy who's making a good margin on selling a product, and now he goes into wholesale or distribution. He doesn't understand that he should have been making more money along the way. You get a guy that signs a very large retail deal who's making 20 points at bottom line, let's say. He thinks he's doing great until he realizes a lot, a lot of the large retailers demand that you take inventory back. So you need more margin than you think you do just to buffer your business.
2: Gotcha, and I'm not going to ask you for a license fee on using that word, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, you have a question for uh, Robert?
0: Yeah, I just uh, you know wanted to talk about, I think, the... The 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 real big thing that I noticed about watching Shark Tank is I would never ever watch information about these products if it were paid programming, but it, it seems like Shark Tank has actually just made everyone not realize they're watching an infomercial, and you know I've bought in things I bought uh, actually a, a Sub Zero I don't know if you remember them Robert it was an ice cream shop that was on and and no one uh, ended up investing and one of the one of the franchises just opened up locally where I live in Minneapolis I think I've eaten there seven times and it's just like I, I don't you know first it was curious I'm not really much of an ice cream guy but because I saw it on TV it's like ah oh, you know I'll stop there um, I have friends that uh, have bought a variety of products that have been on there it's just the, the, the awareness that these products get it's it's i mean it's it's primetime infomercial
1: well you know that's so well said i got to tell you yesterday i was trying to explain to my 17 year old daughter cuz i'm forcing her to work with me for a couple of weeks during the summer so i was i was forcing her to learn what sales and margin and cost of goods are and her eyes were rolling right over right but her friends love watching shark tank Exactly. But if I went to her friends and said, hey, guys, let me teach you a little bit about business, they, you know, you know, the eyes would roll and they'd start fidgeting and leave the room. But on their own, they're watching Shark Tank. I, I sometimes feel the great thing about our show is we're teaching people about business who, A, either never had access to it or would find it so boring they wouldn't want to learn it. Right. And, you know, that's the challenge because when I was that age, I never wanted to be a business guy. I didn't understand anything about business. I found it boring. I didn't want to go into it. And I think that's the great thing. We're showing people that you can be successful, you can make a lot of money, or even just take care of your family by doing something that you're great at.
2: Well, I agree with you there. And I also, as I always like to say you know, in my own talks, is that it's all about passion. Having passion for the product or, or the event or, or venture that you represent so when you get knocked down on the canvas in business, so you have the ability to get up and grab onto that passion and go through those hard times to get where you're going to be. And, you know, they say the top 1% make all the money, but I have a theory where 98, we all dream, we all dream about where we want to be. 98% of us stay dreamers, 2% put it into action. Those are the people that eventually become the leaders and the money makers to whatever extent in business. And going on Shark Tank, like you mentioned, whether you have a successful business you're looking for. Good entrepreneurs, good business people should be willing to give up part of their business to advance. It's the old story by, uh, I think Getty said this, where I'd rather have 1% of 100 people's efforts than 100% of my own. You know, And then you make more money. So it's all simple theories. I believe all business is the same. It's just the product that's different and the application of theories and marketing. And you're a big asset to that. And thank God that you know as a role model in business that you guys have this show. Because I think, like you just said, I was always interested in business when I was younger. I had my first company when I was 19. But the average person isn't. But you can actually wet, you know, wet the uh, taste and give them a little taste of what is out there. I, I, just, I just love the show, Robert. I really it, do. Barring the fact that we're friends, I love the show.
1: You know, it, 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 it really is a great show. I, I have to tell you, one of the great things that people always say to me is, I'm never going to be successful in business because I don't have a big school. You know, my parents don't, weren't business people. I don't come from that background. And I think the one thing we do on the show is we show people that it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter how we all got to this day, this exact moment in life. It's all about where we're going. And I'm pretty good friends with Sean Carson, sorry Sean Pearson, that you met. You know, uh, the fighter.
2: Yeah, the fighter that fought in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, yes. and
1: you know, he came back to me with me on the plane, and he had a great quote that I want to share with you, which is. You know, sometimes in life, you're the hammer, and sometimes you're the nail. People Very true. always think being successful is about the highs. And in business, you make way, way more mistakes than you have wins. you got to learn how to do both. You are going to get knocked down way more than you're going to win. It's just about being able to get up again until the fight is over.
2: Absolutely correct, and this is why when I play poker, when I do business, and I preach this myself, in business, you have to have a fighter's mentality. I'm not talking about throwing the physical punches and kicks. I'm talking about, as you just mentioned and you're going into, is the mental aspects of fighting and surviving in the business world. If you're not a fighter and you're not willing to fight, you might ask yourself, should you really sit down and play this game? You know, what, Are you a follower or are you a leader? You know, We, we need followers. The world is like a pyramid, and I'm sure you agree with this, Robert. You've got yourself as a CEO on top, your VPs, your managers, all the way down to the people that ship your product and you know drive the cars to get them there, which make up the base. Everybody is just as important as everybody else, but they need good leadership, and not everybody can be a leader. Otherwise, we'd have nobody to do the, you know, the other necessary work. But you've got to be a fighter no matter what to survive in this game. It's dog-eat-dog out there. There's no, there's no niceness. When it happens, enjoy it, but in reality, the people being nice... They want all the chips you have on the table. you agree?
1: I agree. And, and, you know, my dad used to say to me, um, because I used to say, how am I going to learn that? How am I going to learn that? How am I going to learn this? How am I going to learn that? And he said, you're going to go out, you're going to get your hands dirty, and you're just going to learn. So if you're not willing to get your hands dirty, don't get into the fight.
2: Exactly, and we're going to talk about fighting in the UFC. I don't want to keep you on too much longer. I know you're a busy man, but TJ, you got another question for Yeah, for Robert? Uh,
1: Robert. I'm just curious
0: what the vetting process is uh, for these companies that want to pitch their ideas, and if it's happened before, or how often does it happen where someone will come in, talk a big game, make a deal, and then you know maybe a little more research is done after the pitch, and you know you find out that they maybe exaggerated a bit on their numbers, and and the deal uh, you know actually falls apart.
1: Well, that, that's, a, that's a great question to you. We don't do that vetting. Mm-hmm. And as the show becomes more popular, I hate to admit it, but most of the time when the deals don't close in due diligence, it's because of that. People wake up and say, gee, you know, I don't want to close anymore. And we try to avoid that, and we try to do everything in our power to make it happen. But sometimes you just don't know. You, you, you know, the producers are making a TV show. Right. We're using our own money. Another reason the show works is you can tell on TV, when we all think that this is a real opportunity, we don't care what the TV people want to do. When it's my cash, it's my decision, and we are fully engaged.
2: You know, with that being said, too, TJ, one thing uh, listeners should realize, and I know you probably realize yourself, understanding the entertainment world, when they're doing their pitches on the show, we see them on the TV show for five to ten minutes. And Robert, those pitches. What I noticed the other day, they last an average of about a good thirty minutes or more. You know, and you got to edit that down to get to the meat of it for the TV. What would, would you say the average time the a, a person's up there? You know, pitching themselves is a good thirty minute, twenty five minute uh, meeting or longer.
1: Um, I would say it's probably about uh, forty five minutes to an hour. I mean, the longest was almost two hours. Wow. The shortest ever was twenty five minutes.
2: Wow. Okay, that pretty well spells it out right there. Now. With your fighting attitude, and you are a fighter, Um, I mean that in a mental aspect. (laughs) I don't know if I can see the nice Robert Herjavec, you know, throwing a punch into somebody's face, but I'm sure you would if you had to. Uh, Robert, you're a fan of the UFC. I've seen you at a couple of shows. We've communicated a lot about the UFC. Just give us an idea. What is it you love about the UFC and an example of, you know, a few of your favorite fighters and why? We'd really like to know.
1: Yeah, my son, who's now 19, got me into UFC about four years ago and... uh... You know, like a good dad, anything my son loves, I try to take an interest in. And my view was, yeah, you know, it's not really a sport, it's violent, all this other stuff. And I got hooked the very first time I went. I mean, I'm a, I'm a armchair athlete. I try to take care of myself. I work out. I push myself. These guys are such incredible athletes. I, You know, sometimes I hang out with people and they say, oh, you know, they're just fighters. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Just fighters. I think the UFC guys are probably the top athletes in, in the world. To, to fight at that level of intensity for that long is is unbelievable. And, and if you look at the conditioning, the strength, the training, it's such a commitment. I love the discipline. I mean, I love the discipline that these people put themselves through in order to achieve a goal. And the other thing I really love about it is there's no BS. You know, as GSP said to me, I had dinner one night with GSP, and he said, everybody talks a good game, and everybody has a great game plan until you get hit in the face.
2: You never know what it's like until you're hit in the face, Robert, in life and in business. you got to be punched to understand what it's like to fight back.
1: And, and, you know, how do you not admire that? I mean, that guy is out there. He spent months of his life. Dedicated to this single task, he's put it all out on the line, and the only thing between him and his dream and his goal is the guy across from him. I mean, talk about human drama. Love it.
0: Hey, Robert, I got to ask you, being a a smart businessman uh, that you are, you obviously know a little bit about marketing. Um, You know, following the sport of mixed martial arts for a living, we've seen markets, you know, boom and and sort of simmer down, I, I think the United States is kind of on that downswing. Maybe it's kicking back up a little bit as far as popularity for the UFC goes, but it's not near what Brazil is or, or Australia. And Canada's remained pretty pretty constant. Can you tell us, you know, what is your thoughts on the Canadian culture? Why is MMA so big there, and why is it, you know, not really dip at all?
1: You know, I think part of it is it's relatively new in Canada. So if you look at the the how long the market's been around in the States, in the amount of UFC events. There there's is it a saturated market? I, I don't know if I would say it's saturated, but there's certainly more events. There's still an element of excitement and exclusivity about the events in Canada. There isn't one every week. It seems to me sometimes that you know the fightings on Fox now, there's there's an event, there's a major event all the time now. And I think we don't have that in Canada. There's still an excitement and an aura of these fights. I mean, Brazil, the South Americans just love that market. And they've got a lot of homegrown fighters, so I think that's easy. But in Canada, you know, we have a few fighters, but it's still very, very popular up here. There's, you know, Winnipeg, as Bruce will tell you, sold out in no time um, and continues to do well.
2: Yeah, and rabid. You know, twenty thousand Canadian fans sound like forty. I mean, we we get that in different areas that we go to. I agree with you there in in many respects. Um, Robert, you know what? You go to the South of France. We're going to change a little tune here. You go to the South of France at all? Do you enjoy the South of France? I Canada? love
1: it. I just came back from uh, Capri and Sorrento and all those places. Love it there.
2: Well, you heard about what happened at the uh, one of my favorite hotels in the world, the Ritz Carlton, in in Cannes, France, in the South of France.
1: Twenty-five million dollar uh, jewelry heist.
2: It was Actually, it was originally reported at 52, and now it's gone up to $136 million. Wow. That, yeah, wow. And where's the security, Robert? <laughs> the guy walks in with a, with a hood and, a, and a, a hat and a scarf and a semi-automatic pistol and threatens to shoot the exhibitors and walks out with $136 million in jewels and jewelry, and now they can't even find him. It's the, it's the biggest robbery ever. It's, it's, it blows my mind how simple things like that still happen. It's like a
0: movie.
1: Well, I'm in the electronics cyber security world. And and I know it's really complicated. So you're right. I I, I can't comprehend how a guy does a physical act of security like that and gets away with it. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So... What are you going to do to make your uh, you know one hundred uh, thousand before three o'clock after you get off the show? <laughs> What's the rest, the rest of your what is the rest of the day for Robert Herzjavac? What do you what do you do for your day on the average? Are you uh, always you know, on the phone dealing and wheeling or what? It,
1: it, it's a lot of conference calls. It's a lot of customer issues, and that's the hard thing. You know, I went back to where I was a stay at home dad for three years, went back to work ten years ago. First year we did four hundred thousand in sales uh, with three guys. We'll finish at close to one hundred and sixty million this year. We're about 175 people, and I'm just looking at about a $80 million acquisition, um, you know, as we speak. So, it's a lot of work. The bigger you get, the more stuff that you don't want to deal with that has to be dealt with.
2: Well, that's that's a good, solid businessman. We'll call you a maverick at the same time—a term I really love uh, attaching to a, to a quality name, Robert. Really appreciate your coming on the show. Really appreciate uh, the growing friendship and uh, look forward to seeing you around the Octagon next time we're over there in Canada, if not before.
1: I appreciate it, guys.
2: Thank you so much. Right. We wish you all the success. Thanks for everything, Robert. Very all special right. to have you on the show today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There he is. What a nice
1: guy.
0: What a nice guy. Very,
2: very nice guy. I mean, in the many times I've had the pleasure of uh, talking to him on the phone or being around him, he's never changed his, his momentum, his mode. You know, he's always the same which is a quality individual when you think about it. You want to take a break real quick? Nope. Ah, okay. Well, let's go forward. Um, TJ, you better be a little careful. Uh, Did you hear about this with your son and I guess with ourselves too? Did you hear about the brain-eating amoeba that's out there? Oh, my
0: God, yeah. I knew that. Someone was in critical condition from it. This was from a few days ago.
2: It's a 12-year-old girl, TJ. Yeah. A 12-year-old girl uh, she's surviving an infection. She's in critical condition. She's hanging on. And basically, she had a fever and a headache. You know, you always worry about when your kid gets a fever and a headache. Yeah. They checked her spinal fluid, and they found this microscopic amoeba. I can't quite pronounce it. Now, Naegleria, Filaria, whatever. But here's the thing. It enters the body through the nose and travels to the brain, which obviously is a direct line. It's usually found in people that have been swimming in warm, fresh water. What does that say? don't warm don't, fresh water
0: yeah that's like a lake
2: yeah like a lake so i mean i'm supposed it, to go to a lake this weekend well i'm not trying to blow your weekend or anything like that but um maybe i'll stay I, out of the water i you know it's amazing how these things just come about brain eating i've heard of flesh eating disease but brain eating disease oh this poor girl it's and the then you the wonder world as
0: we know it bruce
2: I know, I know, but then, you know, you wonder, well, the end of the world will be these microorganisms, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be dinosaurs coming back and walking the face of the earth, but, you know, it's scary. Did you see that movie Contagion?
0: Oh, yeah. Did did that freak you out a little bit? Oh, yeah. Uh, Movies like that always freak me out. Uh, Do you remember the film Congo? Mm, Yes. Yes, I do. Mid-90s, and same kind of thing, just like, you know, what's going to happen, or the movie Outbreak?
2: outbreak right that was with uh Hoffman. Hoffman.
0: yeah i just i i'm fascinated by those things because you know any of that stuff could happen at any time any time any
2: time speaking of another thing that could happen at any time i don't, don't know if it could happen at any time but uh they had another situation where the california ex-wife she was uh sentenced for cutting off her husband's uh you know what why you know, what what uh, i mean
0: what possesses
2: you to go there I I just saw it in the news here. I'm I mean I'm wondering, I mean if she got mad, she's gonna go to jail. Let's see what they gave her. Hold on, let me see what they gave her. Da, 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 da. This is usually a question for Sammy, but we'll have Sammy on next month. Uh Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. No, it wasn't enough. So do you think uh life imprisonment or execution no, or just no. twenty years and get out?
0: I don't know. I mean that's
2: gonna that's, ruins a man's life. So, I right, here it is. She, she cut it off. She threw it into garbage disposal. She was given oh, a life. The
0: garbage disposal. She, she, she
2: hit the garbage disposal. At least Lorena threw it out in a field and they were able yeah. to tack it back onto that guy um, who went on to do porn. I hope you remember that one. Oh, I do. Uh, uh, she was given a life sentence Friday. This is amazing. She got a life Wait, wait. She's it. getting a life sentence for this? A life sentence Friday with the possibility of parole after seven years. How does that work together? I'm sentencing what? you to
0: life, but you could be out in seven years. Uh, she'll be out. She'll be out yeah. in ten years. She'll be out definitely in less than 15. Um, yeah, I don't know, Bruce. That I mean, you definitely need a psychic, or not a psychic, but a, a psychological uh, examination when something like that happens. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I don't think I could do anything to piss my wife off that much. I... I agree.
2: And uh, speaking of psychological observations, one cool thing that I realized during our interview with uh, Robert—that's interesting—I never would have thought of that. They are actually interviewed by a psychologist or psychiatrist after they walk off stage.
0: I get it because you see some of those people under extreme duress when they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're pitching their entire live stream mm-hmm. to you know five people that you know can make or break them.
2: Yep, yep, I agree. Um, next thing. Uh the FBI crackdown, the F and I'm kind of I'm not kind of, I'm very happy to see this. And this gives another example why we talk about the three things, you know, we talk about on the show that should be legalized in this country, you know, uh prostitution, marijuana, and uh, online poker. You know how we discuss that once yep, in a while. Yep. Here's an example of the prostitution. Uh the FBI has nabbed down, which damn happy they did, pimps and they rescued children. Yeah. They rescued mostly teenage girls, obviously from broken homes where no one, you know, misses them. Uh, You know, drugs and abuse, emotional, physicals, all part of the deal. And then they're forced to sell their bodies. Well, they had a nationwide operation over the weekend, 150 arrests and uh, rescuing, shall we say, 105 children between the ages of 13 and 17. 105 children.
0: You're not going to have those problems if it's regulated. I mean, you might still have those problems, but I don't think you're going to have that big of uh, a crackdown really necessarily needed. And obviously, anybody in that position, it should be rectified and fixed. But I, I think, you know, you know, I've talked about it. I think when you add regulation, you start making it uh, a more, you know, above the belt, no pun intended, uh, business. I think things are just going to clean themselves up.
2: Absolutely. And again, the disease issue is taken hopefully off the track because they're tested. The money gets taxed. The government makes out from it. And uh, hopefully it would stop. You know, the situations where they 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 kidnap these kids and they threaten to kill their parents in many cases yeah. or the kids are just screwed up to begin with. And they basically uh, become slaves, sex slaves in this country. It's disgusting. And, and I'm very I was happy to hear at least this one part, whether it makes a dent in the issue or not. That's another story, just like, you know, arresting a, a major drug bust or something. Does it really make a dent in the overall problem? But At least they're doing something. Thank God they're doing something. And on the collector's end, uh, God, a mercedes car sold for 30 million dollars tj what what yeah, year thir- uh oh very cool so it looks like an old 1954 mercedes model w196 uh it's zero miles no nah, i don't know about this race car so take it from there uh, okay i got it 30 million dollars jeez louise that's crazy yeah that's, Another one, uh, that- that's just staggering Oh, okay. by the way, in that auction of, of, of entertainment, I told you the Steve McQueen's coat from Bullet, the movie you may or may not have seen, is going for 800000 Yep. I know you've seen The Sound of Music.
0: Uh, seen- yeah, I watched parts of it in grade school because we were forced to. All right, well, you know that famous scene where Julie
2: Andrews, you know, the hills are alive with The Sound of Music. You know, she's, she's doing the pirouettes up there on top of the mountain. You, it's a famous scene you see all the time in, in, in vignettes if you're watching the Oscars or something. Anyway, the dress that she wore in that scene, along with the dresses from the, for the boys and the girls, about 10 of the uh, kids were taken care of, $1.2 million. Who buys these things? I have you might no ask idea. Yourself. Well, I could answer it. Tons. There's a lot of money out there, TJ. Everybody talks about it, but it's that top 1% money, but there's a lot of money out there, you know, buying these kind of things. And again, you have collectibles, even those round five action figures that UFC fans collect. I know what's happened with mine because they only made a 1,000 of them, and I'm sure that others are even doing much, much better because, you know, they're they're fighters, and that's what everybody's after, not the announcer. But uh, save that stuff. And the real trick, folks, when you're doing that, do not take it out of the box. Do not open the box. Yeah, what are you going to do? You don't
0: really want to play with it, do you? Come on. You're not four years old, people. Unless you're four years old, then take it out of the box and have fun with it.
2: I did buy three, and I've got the little uh, round five, you know, little Buffy here sitting on my desk. Did you take him out? yeah i took him out my well, kids wait
0: was... it's different it's you it's me well yeah that's what right. are you saying?
2: What are you saying? playing with myself dj so you're definitely playing right? with yourself thank you very much for that but anyway the, the kids my godsons, came up here and they're down with the big octagon i bought them down in their mom's office and they're playing tito T's, randy couture See, rampage jackson that's so something had...
0: though you bought those you bought those uh for you know entertainment you didn't buy them for collecting essentially or you were giving them and you Expressly, you know, gave them to the kids. By the way, all the stars, oh, bought- all the stars you just named: Tito Ortiz, Quentin Jackson, uh, Randy Couture. None of them with the UFC anymore. It's kind of weird how it works out.
2: I know it's man. That's how it works out. But I, I bought more than one TJ. God, I bought the I bought the collectible ones that are on the shelf and in the uh, in the closets, and then I've got the ones that are made for just you know having fun.
0: So I have a Enjoy. confession. I have a confession to make. Go ahead. I was given uh, a pack of round five action figures. Uh, one of them was you. Hmm. I gave it away. I gave it away.
2: Is that because you don't like me?
0: No, I just uh, I gave it away to an old call screener. He had a really good Bruce Buffer impersonation. Oh, that was very nice of you. Yeah, but uh, and, now I'm kind of wishing I had it. What can you do? Well,
2: the latest eBay stats that I've seen, um, when you look, you know, up any look up any fighter on eBay, there's always selling something. Right. If you care to look what's up, what's the your Buffer release. going for? Uh, originally sold for thirty nine ninety five. Now it's going for basically eighty dollars. If oh, I sign it, if I sign it, bitch. it could go for a hundred
0: son of a bitch and they sell I'm sure they do
2: yeah they do sell no question I'm about to possibly this week or next when I get back from uh, Rio I've got so many things here but I'm going to put some of my cards on eBay and uh, signed uh, program and stuff from one of the big shows maybe the Anderson Silva show I got, a, I got a few different programs which were very special numbered programs did you see those? oh yeah
0: I got, uh, I got one
2: yep yeah save that save that because that retailed at 50 bucks yeah I I'm, not, ta- I'm not taking
0: it out of the uh, thing would you sign no. that one for me?
2: Yeah, of course I will. That'd be of cool. Of course I will. Um, get everybody to sign as many as you can get Lorenzo Dana. Get everybody you can to sign that. I guarantee you that's going to be a very
0: yeah. I can't do that. I'm a member of the media, quote unquote.
2: What you can't ask somebody to sign?
0: I ask. I no. No I'm the no, You're answer. different. You're different. You're partial. I got to be impartial. I can ask you to sign it because we're business partners, quote unquote. I can't be going up to people that I cover for a living and say, "Hey, we sign my program."
2: Eh, maybe I'm just, well, I'm not a, well, I guess I am kind of a media guy, but I mean, I'm. You're not a media guy. Sorry, Buff. Uh, not, not, like, not like you are. I would have no, well, I have no problem doing that because to me, I look at it from a collector's standpoint. But I will tell you that program for anybody out there that was lucky to get one of the only 2,700 they produce and the, each one is numbered.
0: Oh, that's it, huh? E-
2: 2,700. Wow. Each one's numbered. And with that being said, here's an example of a UFC collectible. I'll go back to the first issue of Topps Cards. The first issue went out at sixty dollars a box. You can't even buy that box now for less than something like six to seven hundred dollars or more. Okay, right. that that program, which is the only one that's ever been released uh, based on an exact number, a minimum, uh, what I call it? a minimum amount made. I predict in two years, with proper signings on it, you're looking at a program that's going to cost over two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, it's pretty solid. I uh, I got it. Yeah, they gave it away. Um a copy to every media member. Um, And and that's where I got mine. Uh, But they needed to see your credential. They marked your name off. I mean, they weren't just sitting there in a stack. I mean, they were were very strict about who they were giving them to as far as uh, anybody's concerned, even the media and fighters and everybody alike. Yeah, well, good. Now, see, that's
2: nice. See, this is where the UFC does a very good job, both for the fans and I have to say, after all the you know stuff that sure dog went through over the years that you've told me about but uh, you, how's the treatment these days tj
0: uh it's great bruce it couldn't be any better
2: all right you shill that was a good answer <laughs> tj shilling <laughs> caught him all right Sounds good. All right, TJ, I've got to go take care of stuff. I've got to get my fight cards done. i got to get my buns over to Brazil. Do
0: your thing. Usually, I'll leave it up to you, but usually when you do these uh, international trips that are that far and the jet lag and all that wonderful stuff, we uh, we don't do a show on Tuesday. So I'm I'm counting on not doing a show next Tuesday unless told otherwise by yourself.
2: Uh, We will not be doing a show on Tuesday. The reason why we'll be not be doing a show on Tuesday, I'll tell you real quick. You're still is in Brazil? I do not leave Brazil till Monday, and I do not get back here to LAX, the United States. Actually, we could. I get back at 10.08 in the morning. Can we make that call next week? Oh, no,
0: no. We're not doing it. If you get 10.08 in the morning, the day of the radio program, uh, you're not doing it two, three hours later. I'm not going to let you do that to yourself. You'll overextend yourself. You'll be tired. you sound like crap. No offense. I I don't want to stretch you too thin, Mr. Buffer.
2: No offense taken. I'll go with that. Just for those listening, understand that I was willing to make the effort, dedicate myself, but I have been ordered. There will be no show, and I have to listen to my producer who has all the technological welfare and wherewithal to make this happen. So there will be no show next week.
0: Sometimes it's offensive, and you can call it technological warfare, but generally, uh, I think we're good.
2: No offense taken, TJ. It's all good. All right. We'll take a little break uh, for a couple weeks. We'll be back in two weeks uh, with another edition of It's Time Radio. And, TJ, thanks very much. I will see you from the Octagon in Rio de Janeiro. I'm looking forward to getting down there, uh, signing uh, signing books, signing the new Portuguese books. Can't wait to see one of these myself. All right, TJ, thanks very much, everybody. Have a great week. Show respect to others as you wish to be respected yourself. Buffer out.
0: Take care. It's time with Bruce Buffer. is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only. Hi, this is Stephanie from Safeway. Exciting news. Safeway, Chevron, and Texaco are offering even more savings at the pump. Now through September 8th, shop at Safeway and redeem up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron and Texaco stations and at Safeway fuel stations. Shop Safeway this week and earn up to $1 per gallon in gas rewards. This is Stephanie from Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Maximum gas reward at participating Chevron or Texaco stations is $1 per gallon in a single fill-up, up up to 25 gallons for a
2: limited time. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. See complete details in-store or at Safeway.com.
0: Total Wine and more announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities up to two million dollars in total. Shop with us today or visit totalwine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time?